0: Hey, hey, welcome to the Business Beauty Network podcast, where business meets beauty. We have an awesome guest today, Mickey Wright. Welcome, Mickey.
1: Hi, Brandy. So glad to be here. Thanks.
0: I'm so glad to have you on today. So, Mickey, you're no stranger to the podcast. So for the people who may not know, kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you.
1: Sure. Well, um, I have been in the industry for, it seems like most of my life. I'm second generation, so I grew up around it. I um, had no idea I'd go into it, got into the industry kind of by accident, fell into it and fell in love with it. Um, struggled a bit when I first got started. I uh, had to actually leave and go back and get a nine to five job. And um, really after that built up my business pretty quickly. And I've been sharing about how to do that to help other people for, for a long time. And, um, you know, a few other things I, you know, like a lot of people aspired to be a salon owner. And I was able to realize that dream. And so it was quite a a distance to come from, you know, struggling and not being able to stay in the industry to being able to uh, actually have one of the um, 200 fastest growing salons in the country. And I was actually one of the first African-American owners of a full service salon and day spa. And now I help people with their pricing, especially women, because we, uh, it's one of the biggest things that's you know, part of our business success, but it's one of the least things we focus on and one of the scariest parts of our business as well, so.
0: Yes, yes. And I'm glad you led into that, Mickey, because I wanna talk about that, about pricing with women. Why do you think that we as women have a hard time when it comes to setting our rates for our businesses, especially as entrepreneurs? Why do you think that is?
1: Yeah. um I don't know if you've seen any statistics, but, um, you know, we've heard about the glass ceiling. We've heard about uh, Women's Pay Equity Day was was recently and um, for every dollar a male makes that woman makes like eighty three percent, eighty three cents on that dollar. And then if you're a black woman, it's about sixty seven cents on that dollar. And you would think, you know, it's like if you go into business for yourself that, you know, all would be well, it's like we've equalized everything. But no, we're actually creating our own glass ceilings. And we're like a little bit more than 50 percent of what men um, business owners are making. And so we have a long long way to to go. And to answer your question, you know, when you say, why do I think that is? I think we're given so many messages, you know, that contribute to how we feel about ourselves, money. You know, we all have money stories, um, you know, just kind of our mindsets um that we're supposed to be the givers we're the caretakers everybody comes before us so we take that into our business um we're told you know as women we you know we live in a patriarchal society and you know it's like women it's better to be seen than heard and that you know we often have things to say but we are a little hesitant to voice them we're hesitant to say no And, you know, when we mean no, and (laughs) we often say yes. And so all of those things kind of tie together into, you know, putting together pricing because we're always, you know, uh, I guess more compassionate, like, oh, wow, it's like, I don't know if that person can afford it. And, oh, I know they're going through something. And we base, you know, all of these things on our feelings. And we don't think about the impact it has to our business, to our family, and really to the community.
0: Yeah, it really is, um, I think, a generational thing. Uh, but, but I think even not even just African-American women, I think all women can relate to it. But mm-hmm. um, especially us, you know, especially African-American women in the beauty industry, too, right. because I want to talk about that because I I remember looking at something um, years ago, and it was just like, you don't see too many hairstylists retiring. And mm-hmm. how many times have you seen like a hairdresser that has been doing hair for maybe 20 plus years, and their price, prices are pretty much the same, right? Like They kind of stay the same. They don't really change. And right. so when people do make changes, it's like a shocker sometimes, but it's a, it's a real issue. And I think even though maybe uh, things have gotten better and some people have started to, you know, increase their rates and different things like that, there is still a long way to go in this industry with mm-hmm. people understanding how to price themselves. So what are some things that women in the beauty industry can do to start, you know, figuring out, like, how do I you know, increase my income? How do I, you know, increase my income? And and in order to increase my income, I got to shift my rates. And how do I even start? How do I even do that?
1: Right, right. Well, I think like most things, it like starts with your mindset. It's like, we've got to shift, you know, how we're looking at ourselves and the value we bring to what we do. Because most of the people I talk to, you know, when I mention something about pricing, they're like, oh, no, I can't raise my prices because I'll lose all my clients. And one of the things is like, just because we believe something doesn't mean it's true. And that is a prime example. And so I've asked people, you know, it's like, well, you know, how many people do you know who raised their prices and they lost all their clients? And most people are like, "Mm, I can't think of anyone. Or maybe they think of one person or something like that. So it's like we have all of these self-limiting beliefs going on and we don't even realize it. Right. So it's funny. like we
0: always, okay. like a lot of times we think the worst thing that we think can happen usually never happens, right? You know what I mean? Like exactly. that worst thing. So if I raise my prices, everybody's going to leave, you know? Right. And like, I like you asked that question, like, well, how many people do you know that that has really happened to, right? And yep. it makes the person think like, well.
1: I haven't met anyone that, that knows someone that is like, oh my God, all their clients went away. And so yeah. I've got this rational fear, you know, but it's irrational because it doesn't really happen. And, you know, you want to know why it doesn't really happen?
0: Well, yeah, why doesn't it really happen?
1: (laughs) Because our clients come to us for more than price. And we think it's only about the price Mm
0: -hmm.
1: subconsciously. And so, you know, it's like our clients come to us for a variety of different reasons. And when we make it just about price, you know, I can tell people who have, you know, any kind of business, any kind of um, ongoing business that their clients aren't coming for them just for price. And I know that because people who shop price, they don't have loyalty. They go from here to there, to there, to here. If you have clients that are coming to you on a regular basis, it's like they're not just shopping price.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, Another thing to that point is, why do you think when when people get into this industry, whatever they're doing in the beauty industry, whether it's hair, makeup, you know, aesthetics, Mm -hmm. oftentimes they'll get into this industry and maybe they'll set their prices and maybe it may be competitive with what the current rates are at that particular time. Mm -hmm. Why do you think it's so hard for people to reevaluate that and, and it increases as things change? things of that nature because many people do not they just kind of stay about the same maybe they may increase five dollars here or five dollars there but there's no major changes
1: right right yeah well a couple things it's like one you know with price increases or price changes i think they need to happen regularly once a year at the minimum and so when you're setting up your business and looking at your business it's like okay what would be you know, a good time for me to do that. You know, it's like, is it going to be a year from when I opened? And every year after that, we're going to have a slight increase of some sort um, that that really sets you up more for success. If you actually already have it on your mind, um, the cost of living and the cost of doing business have both gone up in the last several years. And so anybody that hasn't raised their prices in the last two to three or four or five years is really struggling it's like they're Mm -hmm. on a treadmill and they can't keep up they can't catch up because everything is just going up so much more quickly than the prices and you know it's like you mentioned you know five dollar increases and you know i talk to people and and sometimes they'll tell me you know that they did raise their prices and i'll ask them how much and they will be like five dollars and i've been in this industry for a while and i'm like we did that in the 90s it's you know, it's. You know, it's 2020s uh, 2023 and it's time to have a bigger increase because we can't function on $5.
0: Exactly.
1: Not give us what we need to actually stay in business.
0: Now, so. Yeah, what are some things that you help your clients with? Like what are some of the first things that you think people should tackle when they're trying to work on these things? Like so they know okay, Maybe they've been doing hair or, you know, they've been doing hair aesthetics 10 plus years or whatever part of business beauty, <laughs> the beauty industry they're in. But they're like, OK, I know I need to do something different. I know I need to change, but right. they don't quite know where to start. Like when you work with your clients, what you said the mindset. So what are some things that you work with them on when it comes to like the mindset?
1: Well, um, one exercise that's really cool, and it was with a client who was, you know, wanting to raise her prices, wanting to actually restructure her business, because a lot of us are working really long hours, trying to cram in too many people. And it's, you know, it's really ultimately not working. And they may be making money, but they're like, knowing that, you know, it's like, I could be doing so much better. And she was kind of in that category, you know, lots of clients and and as in her own description, it's like the lots of clients made her feel good, <laughs> but she knew that she didn't want to continue at that pace. She wanted to be able to have more free time, to have more creativity with each client, to actually spend and service each client in a different way, which you know means kind of moving into premium prices. And she was really, really, really hesitant because she really had a lot of that fear of, I'm going to lose all my clients, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, you know, I just asked her to make out a list of about, um, you know, 10 reasons her clients come to her and, you know, to send it to me. And when she sent it to me, I looked at it and I was like, oh, this is interesting. It's like, price isn't even on this list. It's like... (laughs) Your clients are coming to you for so much more, so it's like once you can kind of start to wrap your brain around that, and that's something, you know, you guys can do as an exercise as well, Um, just write down all all the reasons that people do come to you, but one of the other important things is um, knowing your numbers, and we don't want to look at those numbers, right? (laughs) And so you can't set your prices effectively without knowing your numbers. Um, So just as an example, the, you know, it's like you're in a location and there's someone across the street from you and, you know, very close proximity does kind of the same type of services or what have you. And so the whole, you know, calling around to see what other people are charging, you know, you want to be aware, but it's not something to base your prices on necessarily. And so, you know, that whole market rates is is kind of, you know, a baseline, a starting point. But you need to know your numbers because the thing you may not know about your neighbor across the street is that, you know, when they signed their lease, it's like their landlord was in trouble and they just wanted to get the space filled. And so they gave them three years of half price rent. And it's like, how are you going to compete with their prices when you don't understand why their prices are their prices? And so you've got to look at your expenses and your, you know, goals. You know, what is it that you want to make? What is it that you need to make? Um, because I definitely meet with people, you know, in a coaching capacity where, you know, they tell me all of their details, kind of approximately what they're making a month. And sometimes I'm like, you know, does that give you enough to take care of the expenses for the salon or salon suite, and take care of your home expenses? And they're like, no, not really. And it's so sad. It's like, no, it's like this business has the capacity to take care of you. And it also, um, there's no reason it can't take care of you, but it's like, we have to restructure, but we gotta get, find out like, what do we need? <laughs> what are those baseline expenses? Um, you know What are we spending on? And really I have some simple ways to, to keep up with that, the money coming in and the money going out because it's really important but it's not something that we as creatives really love to do, but it's like, we've got to know that before we can really set an effective price, which is why we do the $5. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's really, it's, sometimes it's hard to see the picture when you're in a frame, but it's, <laughs> it's really important to understand that part of the picture is your numbers. And it's very important. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, you know what they are, that could be very detrimental to you and your business, you know, because you can find yourself on this hamster wheel and you're wondering like, I can never, you know, get ahead. Why is it? And it's because you don't even know what you got coming in or what you have going out or what's it costing you to operate or anything. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's very important to know those things. And, And I think when we start to really see the importance of that, and we understand those things, we could, we can then charge, (laughs) you know, what we need to charge. Because I think if we really knew what it took for us to operate in our business, and we really, really knew that we weren't even making enough or setting ourselves up to even live, that I think if many people thought about it, they wouldn't do that. But I think so many people don't think about that. Like, they don't think about the importance of that. And I know that's part of the reason why we do what we do, Because, you know, we want to um, help people understand, like, if you could get that piece and change your mindset around it and understand what, you know, what you got going on, you can see Mm -hmm. at that point, okay, I need to charge more so I can even make some money to live,
1: you know? Absolutely. Another
0: thing, too, is the confidence level, I think, too. Um, Having a confidence level to charge Right. And um, and working on those things, like working on yourself and on your confidence and understanding that, you know, you, um, you know, you've, you have the experience. Maybe you've been doing it a while. You're great at what you do. And, you know, people are coming to you. You should have confidence to raise your price. So I think confidence is an issue, too. So they have, you know, they need to shift their mindset about how they're thinking about their right. clients and why their clients are coming to them. They need to know their numbers and their confidence. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's actually, you know, it's like it's why I created we have the Confident Pricing Challenge. It's a five day. It's free and it's set up um, so that by the end of it, it's like the, the transformations that take place have been incredible because it's like they really start to see themselves in a whole different light and see their business in a different light and see their clients in a different light. And that is what gives the confidence because. Pricing, you know, when we think about pricing, we think about the numbers, um, but it's not necessarily about the numbers. That's not why we're we're not raising our prices. It's not because we're not um, doing extremely well, competent-wise, you know. And I call it, um, you know, really doing Nordstrom service for JCPenney prices. And you know that came out of an experience that my my salon uh, experienced. We took them on a field trip um and i can share that with you you know just what that experience was like um we were actually getting ready to open going from salon into day spa and some of our clients had gone to real spas where they're there for the week and they're pampered and everything is brought to them and you know all of the services and what have you are available but most of our team had not even had a spa service so how are we going to bridge the gap between what the clients were expecting and what the, you know, people on our team were thinking. And so we had several experiences and one was taking everyone to a mall that had um, a JCPenney's, a Macy's and a Nordstrom. And we had them go in teams to each store and just observe, you know, look at, you know, what is, you know, what are the aesthetics of it like? You know, what do the people look like? What's the merchandising like? What's the merchandise like? you know. Quality wise, and you know, how is it displayed? All of those kind of things vibe, energy, you know, fragrances, the whole nine yards. It's like really observing line by line, like what's going on in this store. And you know, by the time they finished, they had gone to all three stores and they could clearly see differences between the three stores. And there's nothing wrong with any of the stores, they all have clients, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it's kind of picking the lane you want to be in. And what I find is you know, a lot of stylists that I meet with anyway, is like they are experienced, they're good at what they do, they're taking education and classes that are not free, you know, it's like they're investing in themselves and their career, it's like they have certifications, and they have all kinds of things that they do, they give good service, and their prices are still way low, and so it's not even about you being proficient with what you do, and it's like, oh well, if you're good at what you do, you should charge more. It's that whole mindset and confidence, just like you talked about, which is why you know I put together the challenge because we once we can get past that, we can start to have you know the conversations that we need to have. The money part's easy, mm-hmm. you know. It's like if if what you're charging now, I tell you to add a zero to the end of it, then you just go up on your prices. <laughs> but then it's like, oh, what? You know, it's like, I didn't do that, you know?
0: hmm
1: So, yeah. So,
0: so what can they expect from this five-day challenge?
1: Well, it's like each day, it's like they'll get a um, an email in the morning, and it'll have a five to 20-minute uh, video. So they'll watch the video, and it'll actually give them what they need to do for their exercise for the day. And maybe it's, you know, five to 10 minutes or so for the doing of the exercise and it really is transformational It's like we have a group your Your pricing matters uh facebook group where we'll be holding everything and then each uh each day you'll put in what you did and you know and, and obviously some people were able to participate more than others but the more you can participate the better you know the results and we have drawing every night and by the end of it there were just so many aha moments um i could share something with you that I thought was like, wow, it's like they're seeing themselves in a totally different way. If it's okay, I can share.
0: Sure, I would love to share it.
1: Okay, so let's see if I can pull it up here quickly. Let's see. And of course I can't, <laughs> but she was <laughs> saying that, um, that she really um, started to see herself in a different way. And she's like, there's no way I can go back to like undercharging for my services. She saw the value in what she was delivering and what she was bringing to the marketplace, that it was more than price that her clients were coming for. And, you know, it's like making that transition into, to you know, increasing her prices was, you know, like a, a smooth transition after that. So it was really Powerful to see um, just so many different um, experiences of people, kind of owning who they are, which I think is one thing that women have difficulty with. It's like really Mm -hmm. standing in that light of who they are, and you know what they do offer, and that their voice matters, and that you know they can have a life, um, that they can say no, and (laughs) all of those kind of things, and still be you know um, a nice person. Because I think the perception is, it's like, if you're saying no, you're you're mean. And it's like, that's not it at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of women struggle, too, with even... And I want to talk to you about, like, even making shifts in your business. Like, you know, try... Like, um maybe you've been known for one thing and you want to shift and do something else. I know sometimes that's hard for people to do that. It, it's been hard for me to make different changes. And Mm -hmm. I used to think like, well, maybe they won't accept or they won't understand or they won't. And then I had to say, well, who is they? Right. (laughs) Right. Who is they? And what's stopping me from just, you know, making this shift? And oftentimes I just think maybe, um, I don't know if men get so caught up. I think men are oftentimes quicker to make decisions about things. Right. And sometimes women, we just get so caught up on those things. What would right. they think? What would they say? And uh, a lot of times it's the story that we're telling ourselves and, and what we're saying to ourselves. And we have to remember, like, we really believe what we tell ourselves about ourselves. So if we can learn to speak over ourselves and over our businesses and the power of that, it could really be life-changing. And the story that we're telling ourselves about the things that we can do as women and the money that we can charge. Cause like Mm -hmm. you were saying, like a lot of women just don't feel like, you know, I I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can charge that much for what I do. I don't Mm -hmm. think I can, you know, make this shift in my business or only service these types of people. Or maybe they're trying to, level up to, from a, from a JCPenney to a Nordstrom experience. And that could be mm-hmm. scary too, because right. that may eliminate some of your current clients. Right. Mm-hmm. So things like that can be scary. And a lot of times we get stuck in our heads about it and it's back to all back to that mindset piece for sure. So mm-hmm. I got the, um, uh, the challenge, inf- you know, information scrolling, but yeah, tell everybody how they can, um, uh, connect. So it is on your website, just forward slash challenge, right?
1: Yes. Okay, that's a challenge. Uh And um, yes, so we have got um, the registration is now open, and it's like you'll get some kind of information and goodies along the way. Um, It actually starts on September, the week of September 10th. So it's like we'll have a big kickoff that Sunday, and then starting Monday morning, it's like you'll start getting the emails and You know we'll be engaged there, and there'll be a couple times when we can come together for Q and A and uh, do a big wrap up. And so it's it should be very exciting. And I love seeing the transformations that take place and hearing the aha's because it's you know it's really about us putting in our putting ourselves in position to be able to not only survive with our business but to be able to thrive with our business. And you know it's like we're in a multi billion dollar industry. And we spend, you know, so much, you know, particularly as black women, it's like we spend the most of any group or category on personal care um, services and products. And so, you know, we can sometimes shrink back and it's like, oh, my client can't afford, my client can't afford, but that's not even our job to figure out if they can afford it. And, you know, it's like, what is it? I learned it was playing called playing God. Mm-hmm. You don't know anybody's situation, so
0: it's none of your business.
1: Right. All <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> right.
0: Exactly. That is none of your business at all. Yeah.
1: I love and, it. But they're, you know, coming in and, and we, we buy into it. You know, it's like, oh, you know, kind of can you hook a sister up kind of thing? And, you know, but um, they are coming in in a designer outfit you know, with designer shoes and purses. And they just got back from, you know, a cruise or a trip or what have you. and. You know, this person's their kids are in college and this is doing that and they're doing all these great things. And it's like there's not a reason that they can't afford to, you know, pay you for your services.
0: Right. Like my favorite quote is price is only ever an issue in the absence of value.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I think when well, we remember that, and we think like it's only ever issue in the absence of value. So if you work on your mindset, and your confidence, and you know the value that you bring and what you deliver to your clients, there's no reason why you shouldn't be getting paid, uh, you know, a decent wage, so that you can not just make it, but beyond mm-hmm. that. Like you said, this is a multi-billion-dollar industry, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. And especially being that we do spend so much money. Uh, people will pay for what they want, right? Exactly. So don't underestimate or try to calculate what, what somebody is going to pay for something, right? So mm-hmm. when we get, like you said, when we get that out of the way. We could really uh, start, you know, making some changes and really growing our businesses financially. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about your post you put on social media. So before, yeah. uh, so I wanted to tap into this because um, on social media, you had put a post up about... Uh, you know, putting the uh, care back into hair care. You said it's time to put the care back in, t- in hair care. And I absolutely agree with that. But I want you to kind of share like what you meant by that and kind of dive in there.
1: Sure. Yeah, I just see so many changes. You know, I've been in the industry for quite a while and I just see a lot of changes, you know, on um, within our industry and outside of our industry. And some of it, honestly, is kind of disturbing. And it's like, you know, the caring about, you know, about someone's hair, someone's body, you know, it's like with cosmetology and whatever field you're in, it's like we're actually licensed to touch people. And we're the only ones who are that people enjoy the touch that we have. And it's kind of a sacred honor to be able to get into someone's space in that way to shift their appearance, which is kind of how they see themselves as well. It's like we have a lot of Power in what we do, and there's a humility that I think needs to come with doing that. It's like we're doing a service for someone. It's not that we are the the uh, end all be all, the god or what have you. Come here, and I'm just going to do what I want with your head or face or whatever it is. You know, we're there to be of service to them. And one thing, you know, it's like I started out. I listed a lot of things, a lot of areas of where. I see a lack of caring. And so one has been with our hair. Like the hair that grows out of our body that God gave us sent us here with. We no longer seem to value it. You know, it's mm. like there's nothing yes. wrong with, with, you know, extensions and, you know, commercial hair and all that kind of stuff, but it's like we were given hair. And it's like and we don't appreciate it. We don't take care of it like we used to, you know, Even like with protective styles and even, you know, weaves and stuff like that. It's like when you're leaving those in, you know, eight weeks, 12 weeks, six months, it's like your scalp, you know, your scalp is your skin. The scalp is skin. It's like I would always share that with my clients. And with skin, like imagine not showering for eight weeks. Your Mm -hmm. body is going to be yucky and itchy and there's going to be probably some flaking and probably some buildup and all of those things and that's what's going on on your scalp when you're not shampooing and cleansing it and your scalp of course is one of the gateways to being able to have healthy hair and so when we don't care about it or take care of it then it's like we are jeopardizing that gift that was given to us from god And we're we're it's just like we kind of just like, oh, well, you know, I'll just do another style and I don't really care. Mm -hmm. And so that's one way of care. Um, Another is, you know, from a professional standpoint, you know, are we caring for our clients or are we just seeing them as a dollar bill? I teach about pricing, but it's like it's about getting paid what you're worth in terms of the value that you bring. And it is an exchange without the clients, we don't have a business. We just work on mannequins. It's like we need clients, our clients are our business. And we need to bring a caring heart to it. Um, I saw someone do a post on, you know, dress, that's always been a theme, you know, a topic for the salon, how do people dress or how should people dress and what have you. And, you know, people you know obviously we have a lot of choice in how we present ourselves each day in this profession which is one of the beauties of it but it's like if you don't want to get up and wash your face and brush your teeth and you know you don't have to look like a supermodel every day but it's like if you go into the beauty industry it seems like you would like beauty you know what I mean? Right.
0: <laughs> You
1: know, <laughs> and I know we're here to work and it's long and it's hard and, you know, dress comfortable, wear great shoes, you know, that are supportive and what have you. But, you know, I think we need to look the part and look the part can mean a lot of different things, but it's like getting up or coming in with a, you know, a bonnet on or something like that is just not to me the way to welcome a guest into or client into the setting of let me help you look and feel fabulous
0: right you know, yeah
1: you know that you know, just, just
0: the overall care of how you present yourself right. to your exactly. clients and and even the hair care like you mentioned a few things about how the braiders you know don't braid mm-hmm. they, they, the braiders don't,
1: the braiders don't wash their license but they They're don't not, their licenses don't provide that. Um, they they can't shampoo the hair with a braider's Mm -hmm. license in most states. The few states that have braider's license, Mm -hmm. and so I just found out, like I don't know, a couple years ago, that that's kind of where that whole thing started. Come shampooed, because oh yeah,
0: because yeah. But I just recommend. I would say if you are a braider, just get a cosmetology license, and I think (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean. Like I'm not trying to be. But Mm -hmm. that's what I recommend, like, just get a cosmetology license if you're a braider. But I understand because I know, like, in a lot of the African salons, they're not Mm -hmm. licensed. And so, Mm -hmm. therefore, they wouldn't braid your hair because they're not licensed. So you would have to go and, um, you know, go already washed and blow dried and all of Mm -hmm. those things. Right. But um, so and I know it's like that in some places. But a lot of the braiders that I know, they are licensed. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can get licensed, it may be best to do so. But I think it's important um, going back to, you know, just hair care. Like one of my clients, I remember it was a struggle working with her and she ended up changing these things in her business. But I remember she just she was licensed, but she just didn't want to wash people's hair. And I really had to help her to see that that was a part of the service. Mm -hmm. If you're so hung up on it, charge for it some kind of way, Mm -hmm. you know, add it into the cost, but it's something that you should offer as a hair care provider, you know, like that's something you should offer. And even like, um, I even recommended her to offer people to get their, you know, their ends clipped and trimmed and, you know, and treatments and things done before going into a protective style. Because it's like, okay, your hair is going to be braided up for, you know, six to eight weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you you know, before you take your client in there, I think as the stylist, don't you think you should maybe recommend if their ends are split, don't braid up no split hair for eight weeks. Let them know, like, your ends need to be cut and offer those services. So, those are some of the things that I'm not seeing when it comes to like when you're getting some natural hair care services, getting your braids and things like that. And then, like you said, in extensions, they're figuring out ways. Oh, your edges fell out. Okay, we can make you some, you know. I watched this whole video. Like, he had some lace stuff. And it was like little pieces of lace. Right. Little strips of hair where he was putting in, you know, they edges down here these days, you know. So a whole <laughs> different <day. laughs> They be coming to their yeah. eyebrows. But he was putting, you know, um, the lace on there and gluing it down so that this lady could have edges. Right. And I understand that's a temporary fix, but we got to start putting, like you said, putting the care back into hair so we don't have to try to get mm-hmm. creative when it comes to giving people their edges out. Let's try to stop pulling people's edges out. Let's oh. properly educate people. Let's take care of our clients.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even with the temporary fixes, sometimes depending on the state of their their hair and scalp, you know, that's alopecia when the hair is missing and or, you know, hair loss is called alopecia. And so when you have alopecia, it really depends on if the follicle is actually dead or not, whether you can regrow some of that hair. And sometimes when the follicle may still be alive and you put that stuff on top of it, you're creating a situation where it's not ever gonna grow back. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's really being careful. It's learning, you know what what can you help your clients with rather than, oh, I just braid up hair. It's like, okay, but are you, you know, do you understand the tension on the hair? And what happens with the hair follicle and like you say braiding up split ends and you know leaving it in for too long how many how much shredding and uh, shedding and um tangling and that type of thing that we see in addition to the scalp and you know even you know i talked about moms you know it's like we see a lot of hair um that's just not in it hasn't been taken care of you know it's like we have all these different product lines and product companies with great products and we still aren't seeing hair and heads that are coming into the salon looking like they've been taken care of, you know? And then we want a miracle when we go into the salon and it's like,
0: okay. But that's (laughs) because, Vicki, we still don't know how to take care of our hair. We still don't. And, And sadly enough, not all, like there are some great professionals that know, you know, hair and understanding can educate you, but a lot of the professionals either don't care or don't know themselves.
1: Right. Right.
0: And and so they're putting band-aids or you know, on it temporary you know, temporary fixes until one day you don't have any hair and then now you gotta wear a wig. You know what I mean? Like right. we gotta stop this. We gotta um even at, it starts at home. Like how do how do you think we can learn how to take care of our hair at home. Cause you're right. Like people still don't know how to take care of their daughter's hair. When their daughters come to the salon, it's all mm-hmm. messed up, you know? Right. And then, Cause their moms haven't, you know, don't probably know how to properly take care of it. So what do you think we could do about that? What to change that?
1: Yeah, well, I think, you know, I saw a shift, you know when YouTube started to get really popular as far as, you know, when, you know, earlier in my career it's like the professionals were the experts. know it's like you came to them and you said what do i need to do and you know hopefully you had someone who could share with you what you needed to do to take care of your hair or believe in kind of partnering with your client so that you're both on the same team to take care of them but as youtube you know got more popular and gained more um, visibility people came in and said, well, the lady on YouTube said, this is how you should do my hair, you know? (laughs) And so we've gotten things like the cart before the horse kind of thing. And it's like, we need to make sure that we're getting reputable information from reputable sources. And there's so many sources right now. Information is so abundant. It's like, we really need to see, you know, who's doing what, you know? So it's not just the cute style, (laughs) but, you know, what's, what needs to happen behind the cute style. Cause it's like there's nothing wrong with a cute style, but it's like, is it gonna be detrimental to your hair long term? And then I find a lot of um, moms aren't doing, you know, like I may be dating myself, but when we grew up, it's like, you know, you sat down, you know, between your mom's leg, you sat on the on the floor, she sat on the couch and you got your hair, you know, you got shampooed and then you got your hair braided up each week or every two weeks or however often it might have been. And it's like, we don't see a lot of that. It's like, okay, let's go put some braids in. And a lot of the braid hair, the synthetic hair in particular has, it's coated with stuff. And that is damaging to our own natural hair. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's like, we just see more damage and less care, you know, and women are busy and they're, you know, got jobs and single parents and all kinds of different things. But it's like, we've lost some of that um, And I find it's like, you know, it's a bonding time between mother and daughter, as well as, you know, you got your hair done, you know, <laughs> right? And, right. Yeah, there's, there's a, I feel
0: you. It was a struggle for me. Like with my daughter, I did like when she was younger, I think until she was probably about seven, mm-hmm. I would put ponytails and stuff in on a regular basis. I did her hair every day. She would sit down and that was, we would fight over her hair. So that was, <laughs> that was the thing to get her hair done. But I think once she got like seven or eight, I started finding, I found a lady who, could, you know, do the little braids with the beads in it. And then, uh-huh. you know, you can tell me that that was my go-to style right? because I could keep it for a couple of weeks, you know, and then right. take it out and wash the condition and take her back to get the braids and everything. But her hair did fine, honestly, mm-hmm. I think until she got older, like in high school and wanted to start getting it straightened and things like that. And that's when her hair started to break. Uh, and all of those things you know she yeah. started having issues with her hair it's really long and um healthy now but i think it was when she got to high school and she started trying to uh, do different things and over you know too much heat yeah. and all that stuff we go through and i think we all go through that yeah
1: middle school high school it's like oh i got a flat iron i gotta yeah, yeah.
0: every, <laughs> every day right i used to curl my hair every day like, okay it wasn't the curl out of place okay okay <laughs> right
1: it was critical right yeah right yeah we definitely know that there's a lot of a lot of um overuse and abuse during that time frame but that's <laughs> definitely temporary, and it's superficial you know it's more on the hair than on something that would affect them long term like you say now our hair is grown back and it's healthy and all of that kind of stuff so
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah but there that, are that, different
1: that, phases of childhood and
0: it is yeah. <laughs> but I can see that, though, you know, and I can understand there's different uh, situations and reasons why uh, people don't have time to do that. But I do think that even if you don't have time, it's very important to find someone who, 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 who is um, professional and understands how to care for the hair and how to help the hair grow and healthy and can really right. tell you how things that you could do at home and maybe provide you with some products you should be using at home yep, that's right. the type of um hair care professional I would like because you know those are the things I need not somebody that's just slapping some stuff on my hair doing my hair and don't tell me nothing I remember I used to go to a girl I would ask her a question She'd be like girl I don't know <laughs> <laughs> this was a lot when I was young you know <laughs>
1: right right like,
0: girl i'll be like what do you think i should do i don't know girl you know i just used this <laughs> from the beauty supply You know, what that's like,
1: what? like a, a lack of caring is a lack of caring to not want to know more about your own profession right and, you know when i was younger it's like i went you know i told you i grew up with my mom doing doing my hair so um and then she kind of taught me how to do mine but um i went you know, college age, I guess, and went to a salon to get it relaxed. And it was just one of those things where they put it all on and then just sat me over to the side with the relaxer on. And it's like, my scalp is real sensitive. My hair doesn't really take that much to get straight. And it was just like, hello, hello. Like I'm on fire, I'm ready, we gotta go. And it's like, that's not even, you know, the, the relaxer shouldn't even be on long enough to have that kind of feeling. And, you know, creating damage and all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of like, oh, I care more about having a bunch of people sitting around and doing a bunch of people than taking actual care with the person. And -hmm. that's to me kind of where the pricing comes in, because it's like, if we take care of the person, they don't mind paying. And we saw that with COVID, you know, when, you know, after the lockdown, it's like where people were only able to do one person at a time. The clients loved it. You know <laughs> they don't want to mm-hmm. sit around all day and wait for you to stack people up and get to them and what have you, which is why we've seen a lot of exodus from people c- even coming to salons. But, um, but yeah, caring about the person, and it's like, and they're willing to pay for that care and attention and concern and being able to get in, in and out. You know, their time is valuable, so yeah, yeah. I
0: think overall, we need to like make sure that we are educating ourselves on certain things so that we know what to look for when we go to salons and we also need you know as beauty professionals to put the care back into it for sure mm-hmm. yeah we definitely, definitely need to put the care back and just remember like you know it's not just about the dollar when you can make a lot of money doing this but you're actually going to be more fulfilled if you're actually you know Providing a service and you're caring for people and you're helping people and you're making a difference in people's lives, mm-hmm. um, as uh, more with, which I feel is more important than just you know making an- another buck, right? Mm-hmm. So I do agree with that, and I think that's why that that topic hit so hard, you know, when yeah. you posted it because it was like, yeah, we need to put the care back into it. Like, there's so many people who see dollar signs with this industry, but it's such mm-hmm. more to it than that, and um, and we do need to be properly educated in we do need people to show us and help us. And we do need to represent ourselves as the licensed professionals.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: as, you know, the pro- professional person that offers a service, we should be able to advise people on how right. to, you know, do to care for their hair and give them help on how to care for their hair instead of just only right. being concerned about just making money for that day.
1: Right, right. And that's, you know, again, where products come in, where, um, like we talked about earlier with women and saying no, a lot of times we, d- we don't say no when we need to say no. And I think there's a lot more respect when people understand why you're saying no. It's like, no, your hair is too damaged for this color service today. We're, we're not going to be able to do it or I'm not going to be able to do it. You might go somewhere else and get somebody else to do it, but it's like it's not in the best health interest of your health. Of your hair, you know, it's like we need to condition this hair and get it back into good shape. Then we can talk color. And, you know, being able to stand your ground with what you know to be true and what you want to put your name on. It's like that's your name walking out the door, you know. <laughs> and when it falls out, you know, a week later and you already know <laughs> so
0: fall out, out a week later.
1: You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah <laughs>
0: definitely definitely well yeah that would definitely um hit home and i'm um, glad you were able to share so we will make sure we have the um, information in the show notes i just want you to share one more time how people can find more about your challenge you got coming up and work with you and all those great things
1: yeah well um definitely visit um com forward slash challenge and you can get signed up for the uh for the actual challenge I will see you in the Your Pricing Matters group, and um, we do all, you know, just all types of of activities because it's like our pricing is such a key to being able to create a life and a lifestyle that we actually enjoy, which is why most of us come into this industry as well, right?
0: Right. (laughs) I don't know
1: anybody that's like, oh, I'm going to sign up and be a hairstylist so I can struggle.
0: (laughs) no, no, no. no. (laughs)
1: So, yeah, it's like the pricing piece is such a key piece, and it really isn't about spreadsheets. It's, you know, it's like it does have something to do with numbers, but it doesn't have to be complicated. You don't need to be an accountant, but we need to collectively, you know, as women and as beauty professionals, be able to raise the prices on what we're doing so that we can actually make it make sense for us, you know, and for us to stay in business long term because we want and need, you know, to be part of the communities that we serve. So, yes, yeah. yes.
0: And have confidence with that. And I don't know, we got to change. We really have to change our mindsets because the price of everything I do has gone up in the last few years. You know, everything is yeah, going Yeah,
1: Like we
0: were just even talking about, I don't know, when uh, YouTube TV or whatever, you know, I was just today I was oh, like, okay. you, I remember when we first got it, it used to be this and now it's like $89 right. a month, you know. Right. Like it's just like a a huge amount. And um and and that's what everything, and that's just you know how life goes and all of that. And we we have to really I think remember and understand the importance that this industry brings to people, you know, how the value of this industry. And Mm -hmm. I think when we really see it. Uh, we could really make a shift there too, because I think that's what it is. Is like, remember, you know, so like some people just don't see the value in the beauty industry. They don't understand what it is that we do as beauty professionals, and they don't see that value. But you don't want to be one of those people that don't see the value. You want to see the value in what you do and be able to deliver that, and be able to have the dream beauty career that you want. And you can do just that by making some shifts and changes. So I'm really super excited um, about your challenge. I know it's going to be fun and I'm going to have all the information uh, in the show notes and everything. But um, yeah, before we go, is there anything else that you wanted to share with us, Mickey?
1: Oh, wow. Um, I just want to say thank you for having me. It's like, I think this has been great. And um, you know, just with pricing, it's like looking at revamping, stop selling yourself short and really, look at what it is that you need to do to make your whole business make sense. Um, because it's not just what we're doing that day for that particular service, but, you know, we're usually independent. So it's like we need savings, which we saw really clearly at, at um, you know, during COVID time, we need to be able to put some money aside. You know, we most of us don't have retirement that's provided for us. It's like, there's all these things. Plus it's our health and our body. It's like, we need to be able to provide for ourselves, even in the event that we can't, stand behind the chair. So, you know, it's like you want to maximize what you're doing behind the chair and be able to make it so that, you know, you can do it as a living, you know, not part-time and not, you know, struggling or overworking.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. so definitely want to help you revamp how you're thinking about it and what you're actually charging so you can live the life that you want to live.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Mickey. Right. everybody make sure that you check out Beauty Superstars Talk.com forward slash challenge for that challenge she has coming up. All of the information will be in the show notes. As always, stay great and we're out. Bye. Bye all.